all of a sudden these kids saw Sung and they're like, Han, Han. And and next thing I know, it was like, he's being like swarmed by all these kids. Wow. It was the first time feeling that kind of impact. And I, I still remember I was driving on the uh, on-ramp back after lunch and I said, God, it's too bad Han is uh, is dead. <laughs> and then and Sung looked at me and said, does he have to be though? <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is like, Everything I was talking to Vin about, the connection, we can actually now see and we create our own timeline and mythology. And I had my flip phone and I called Jeff Kirschenbaum at that point. I said, I'm in. And that was that was the beginning of Fast Four. Ask any podcaster, any real podcaster. It doesn't matter if you record in person or over video chat. Podcasting's podcasting. Welcome back to EW's Binge of the Fast Saga, full transcripts of which are available on EW.com. I'm Derek Lawrence, a.k.a. the guy who went as Dominic Toretto for two straight Halloweens. And as that icon once said, the most important thing in life will always be the people in this Zoom, right here, right now. And for me, that's the Dom to my Brian, the Letty to my Mia, the Roman to my Tej, the Giselle to my Han, Chanel Berlin Johnson. Chanel, are you ready to talk about the family reunion that is Fast and Furious, a.k.a. Fast 4? Oh, so ready. I have to say that this, I think now at this point might be the fast movie I've rewatched the fewest times. Oh. Surprisingly. Um, but it's actually so important. Like there's so much like bringing the folks back together that's so important for down the line that you sort of forget about just how much is like planted here, which is great to revisit. So yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, we owe a lot to this film. Um, you know, obviously it brought everyone back together, right? It, it revives Han. But most importantly, this birthed this unprecedented uh, run that Fast is on. Like, people mm-hmm. forget, like, obviously Tokyo Drift was a hit. But, like, you know, they make four. Obviously, we talked to Vin. He he pitched doing four and five back to back. And they're like, are you insane? <laughs> right. Where, like, now that'd be, like, a no-brainer. But as Justin talks about, Justin Lin, who's uh, on the show today... He talks about like their their expectations were were pretty low. Not like low. Yeah. They were just like in comparison to what it ended up doing. And the film was mm-hmm. this surprise smash hit. Makes like 70 million. It, it set the record for April box office opening at the time. And and then it gives us the fast fives, the fast sixes, the fast sevens, and and, and onward. So it's really important from that perspective. Um but, you know, as a refresher for any new listeners, you know, in case uh, all the Wonder Woman fans decided to uh, see what why Gal Gadot <laughs> was always our Wonder Woman, um, ahead of F9's uh, June 25th release, we're, bri- we're binging all of the Fast movies with the family themselves. We've already chatted with uh, Vin Diesel, Ludacris, Lucas Black about the first three movies. You can go listen to those, you know, back in the archives or on EW.com. Um, but today it's the architect of the Fast movies of five fast movies now including the upcoming f9 director justin lynn um but before we talk to justin who like i said did fast three through six now back for nine chanel what do people need to remember about this fourth film so yeah like kind of already what i said up top is like originally this movie was kind of a reboot restart to the franchise and you know we we drop things in and everybody's kind of in their own spaces like dom and letty are first together but then dom goes on the run alone because the heat's so like you know, hot on him. Um, Dom's on the run and Mia's in LA. Brian's back in law enforcement there. It's more of a sequel to the first movie than three, but with the key change being that we see how Han fit into the family 
uh, kind of, you know, before everything that happens in Tokyo, we get that little nod and officially sort of makes it, sort of makes uh, Tokyo drift later in the timeline of the universe. Um, but of course, then the thrust of the film, Letty dies, and that sort of puts Dom on a revenge quest because he has to avenge, you know, Letty's death, Letty's murder. Um, Brian ends up coming back and tangling with him because they're on a track to find the same person, the same people for different reasons. And then that, of course, brings Mia back into the fold as well. A lot of action. And then uh, we also see Rico and Tego, who, like, of course, are in, in five and reappear also. But it's, yeah, it's like, it's, it's part reunion and part setting up sort of the next chapter of Fast. And then, like, by the end, Dom decides to, instead of running, go to jail. But, of course, it ends with this, like, incredible scene where you see Brian and Mia, Tego and Rico, like, ready to break him out of this bus, which we later know becomes the catalyst for Fast Five. Um, and that's where we got Fast Four setting things up for us. Yeah, there's so many setting us up, you know, like you said, bringing Han back, the original justice for Han, uh, yes. having him uh, upending the timeline to uh, to bring him back here at the opening of Fast Four. Um, so we have so much to talk about. Uh, we're going to go to Justin now, but after that interview, stay tuned because Chanel and I will jump back on and hand out some Fast Four awards. But until then, here's Justin Lin. Heard they were doing some crazy shit in Tokyo, so we need to talk to director Justin Lin about Fast and Furious. Justin, welcome to our binge of Fast. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. We, you know, like I said, we love your uh, your F nine hat. Um, p- people won't have seen it yet, but we uh, we talked to Sung for for F uh, six, and he uh, he had a Justice for Ham t shirt. I don't know uh, <laughs> the the mystery he says he's gonna get a lot of questions on it from his kosher friends, but uh so we appreciate everyone coming in the uh appropriate, you know, gear. Nice. I, I love that. He he handed those shirts out when we were shooting without saying anything. So we would just wear it on set and you just see people like would be working all day and in middle of the day they would like they squint and they go, wait, wait, it's <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. I loved it. Trust me, I've been trying to get, I've been Google and trying to track down those shirts. I mean, they're they're like oh, really I'll get personalized. You one. I'll get you one. I think I, yes. I, I think I snagged a few, so I'll get you guys. I'll get you guys some. Oh, that'd awesome. be amazing. I mean, this this interview is already working out so great. We're two minutes <laughs> yeah. in. Uh, well, well, thank you so much, Justin. Like I said, for, for joining us. And you know, I feel like I just have to start since we have you here. Each episode, I've been telling like what I'm calling Derek's embarrassing story of the week, which just kind of shows my my fast fandom. How maybe I take it too far sometimes. In the first episode, Vin rightfully called me out for dressing up as Dom for two straight Halloweens. So that's a little taste of some of where these stories go. Um, but this one, this one directly involves you. Now, um, back in 2016, I don't know if you remember, you know, you were directing obviously the new Star Trek movie. They did a 50th anniversary kind of big event over at the Paramount lot. And they were, yeah. uh, yeah, so, and they were debuting some like really exclusive footage from the film. Like I know they took our phones. It was like real lockdown type situation. And then they show the footage and then it ends and you're over in the corner staring next to JJ Abrams, who like obviously JJ was a producer on the film. He had just done Star Wars and everyone like swarms JJ. They're just like, you know, I'm sure they're, I have all these Star Wars questions, all that stuff. And I see you just kind of hanging out kind of to the side. And I was like, I, I made a beeline. I was like, I got to go up to him. <laughs> and I walk up to you and all I said was like, nice to meet you. Fast Five is the, my favorite film of all the time. And I think I'd like shook your hand and walk away. I was just like, I needed to get up <laughs> off my chest. 
So, and I needed to get it back off my chest today, even though we're talking fast four, just so everyone always remembers how great fast five is. Oh man. I, I you know, I, I remember that, like, it, it was so great. You know, I grew up as a Star Trek kid, you know, and it was, it was great. And that, that, that event, you know, I was literally, it was in the cutting room and it's weird. Like usually when I'm cutting, I'm in that mode and then they're doing this huge presentation. And so, yeah, I was, I was just glad that you, JJ was so great. He was like the linebacker, you know, take it. and I'm just like, I stood there for, I think two minutes and I took off and went back to the cutting room. So yeah, I'm, I'm always grateful, but I, I always love the, the fast energy. Oh, but yeah. by the way, the golden girls are part of the fast Lord because, uh, uh, when I was a kid, I was the, I love golden girls Saturday night and it was golden girls. And then, then it was a uh, empty nest. Do you remember that? And then there was a, uh, uh, I forget the, the one hour with the uh, Archie Bunker uh, into the night, I think was the third. Yeah. And they, uh, and then they had this thing called um, Hurricane Saturday Night. It was one weekend and all three episodes got hit by hurricane. And that was the oh. first time where I was like, oh, they all exist in the same universe. <laughs> yeah. So that was the inspiration That's for, uh, for Fast Five. So. Oh, that's yeah. incredible. We brought back all the characters. They, were, they all existed in the same universe. So that's the Golden Girls connection. Uh, we that's got our headline. There's our headline right there. Golden Girls inspired Fast Five. Like, I love yeah. it. We, we... Yeah. <laughs> One great team up, another great team up. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've been starting each episode by, you know, quoting the famous words of, of Dom. You know, he lives his life a quarter mile at a time. For those 10 seconds or less, he's free. So how would you summarize Fast Four in 10 seconds? Oh, fast four. I mean, do you want me to try to sell it, or was it more of a creative like description? Hey, because you're, like, you're, you're the creative here. You're you're the you're the mind behind the film. So wherever your your mind goes, it, it was really interesting because there there was like when I think back and I, and and you know usually like I I love making these movies because we don't really like I'm so grateful that we're here because like usually I'm not thinking back. We're just trying to like plow ahead, you know and. <laughs> And when when I heard that I, I'm gonna be on talking about fast four, like it brought back all these memories, and I realized how special. I think there's so many things like on so many levels that happened on that film that that really kind of like was the seed, you know. Um, and there's a there's an importance to that to that chapter that I I I didn't even realize. I mean, I always kind of knew, but thinking about it, like for example, I think after Tokyo Drift. I actually told the studio that like I, you know I'm done I I I'm, I'm I think I'm gonna go back to the indie world. Um, I had a great time, um, and I it it was for a while like it was a good chunk of time where I I was I was actually trying to get back. I, w I wanted to do like a like a five million dollar indie movie, and um, I got invited to do this um, to do this parade in San Francisco, and I, I was driving up with my my wife who was my girlfriend at the time and sung, and we were driving up on the five. And um, this is 2007, and we stopped at Arby's for for lunch. And, you know, we were just friends hanging out. And um, all of a sudden, these kids saw Sung, and they're like, Han, Han. <laughs> and this is like Central California, right? Right off the five freeway, some little tiny town. And next thing I know, it was like, everybody is, is he's being like swarmed by all these kids. Wow. And... Uh, and I'm just sitting there and, you know, again, this is 2007. So like this internet, you know, it wasn't as big. And I, I just, it was the first time feeling that kind of impact. And I, I still remember I was driving on the uh, on-ramp back after lunch and I said, God, it's too bad. Uh, it's too bad Han is, uh, is dead. <laughs> and then the son looked at me and said, 
does he have to be there? <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is like everything I was talking to Vin about, the connection we can actually now see and we create our own timeline and mythology. And I had my flip phone and I called Jeff Kirschenbaum at that point. I said, I'm in. And that was that was the beginning of Fast Four. It was That's an Arby's oh. off of Five Freeway going out to San Francisco. So. so, so we have Arby's and Golden Girls, Golden Girls to thank yeah. for these great Fast and Furious movies. That, that I love that <laughs> so much. I, I, I have like my career. There's like three Arby's stories where like it was so pivotal, and I don't go to Arby's normally, but for some reason, the three times I went to Arby's changed my life. So you're gonna start anticipating it now. If someone like suggests it, you're like, oh no, something big is coming. <laughs> That's too good. You know, the film's called Fast and Furious, and that's also been what we've been calling the franchise until now. Is Fast and Furious. Was there any like, do you even, is it even funny you kind of the confusion of it with the title? Like, you know, you guys have been so great with titles. I mean, I'm still like <laughs> on the floor over too fast. I told Ludacris that's the greatest title in the history of film. <laughs> uh, so, so and I, I mean, I, I feel like Fast for Life was just sitting there. I'm just saying that this is, you know, 15 years later, I'm throwing that out. But I don't know. What, was, there, was there a lot of discussions about the title? Yeah, you, you know, it, it was interesting because I, I would say, and I'll, I'll be honest, like, you know, Fast and Furious when I joined was not is, is not Fast and Furious today, right? And it was it's been such a journey. And I was still a very young filmmaker. And I think one of the things that when you first get into the game of like making movies, especially big movies, is trying to re really establish a relationship with the marketing department. And it, it could be very alienating because sometimes you're making a movie and then they're marketing it like you know, some other, and I, I've had that experience, not in fast, but like, in, and, and so I remember sitting there and having these conversations and sometimes, you know, you, you know, I'm, when I was starting off, I could tell that like, maybe they're having a bad day with Michael Bay. So they come and try to kick my ass because I'm the young <laughs> filmmaker. You know? And so, uh, uh, I, 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 I was really interesting because I remember sitting and talking and I was trying to convey what we were trying to do with the movie. But I would leave the meeting going, God, I, I wonder if they're even like listening to me. And, and one of the things that we wanted to do was that, you know, you know, I, I, we wanted to evolve the franchise. We felt like after after Tokyo Drift, this opportunity came and and I was trying I was searching for like, OK, so how do we articulate this idea of of trying to evolve the franchise? And it was something that Vin like and I connected on. And then when I was talking to Paul. I, just naturally, it felt like we somehow found each other and, and, and Michelle and and it was really clear that like, wow, it's weird. You know, like in Hollywood, we we all kind of found ourselves through, you know, Sundance. Like we were not supposed to be here. You know, like at that time, they're like, yeah, you know, you're, you want to be a director. You're Asian American. You want to be a director. You know, like it, it, and, and then everyone's like, no, you, you, sh you should be a character act. And he went and made his own film and went to Sundance and Michelle would girl fight. So. We all kind of connected on that energy. So we had talked about like, well, we want to like really like embrace and honor the spirit of Fast and Furious, but we want this to be a new chapter. We want this to be something that is is us, but we're we're making a signal that we're we're going to keep. If we're lucky enough to to have more opportunity, we're going to keep trying to evolve it. And so it was amazing that like. You know, I, I had my struggles on Tokyo Drift on the on the on the on the trailer, and I remember I got a call. You know, on Tokyo Drift, I had a it was it was one of those things where like you know I'm like, hey, we're trying to do something different, 
and like can we just like get the audience to to get excited and then they realize it's a it's a fast and furious film and they're like no 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 we we got the music you got and, and i just it was a fight that i i could not i just couldn't have the right conversation and i was i was really bummed and then i remember i got the call from the studio and it was frank yoki and uh, uh adam folkson they said well i think you're gonna like this one and if you look at the fast four trailer for the first 10 seconds you didn't know what kind of what film it was right and then yep. and then vin you know dom turns around and it's you know it's it's it, it, and that was the that was the sentiment it was such a great like earned connection where marketing filmmaking and everything and then on top of that like when they said fast and furious i was like wow i thought the first one was called fast and furious you know <laughs> <laughs> but then it, then i looked at it and i was like this is perfect it's perfect you know and uh and again you know we were still you know nobody knew what it was going to do i remember opening weekend um we we they were like projecting 27 million they'd be happy at 37 you know they, those you know all the number crunching and i was like and we blew that out and and just to, to give you a sense of scale like i didn't even know if we were going to have billboards and stuff that's that was like a time and i remember that um someone said hey you should go to we were we were editing on the lot and someone said you should go to universal studios there's actually billboards so I, I walked from the cutting room to Universal Studio. I took the escalators up, and I was like, "Whoa, we have billboards!" <laughs> and then, and then on the way back, I got stopped by security, and and um, they're like, "What are you doing?" They thought I was like a a, a visitor sneaking onto the lot, <laughs> and they were gonna take me to Universal Jail. Like they stopped me, <laughs> wow. and I'm like, "No, it's my movie. I went to look at the billboard." <laughs> so anyway, it's a long way of of how it was kind of this earned you know a uh, moment where you know whether it was the trailer the title it somehow all kind of clicked together in the spirit of saying hey you know like we're going to do something different we don't want a number behind it on this one um but we want to capture the essence and i just thought taking the the out was like amazing you know it feels like uh it works too because as the audience member it feels like kind of a, a restart of the franchise in a way you bring everybody back together and so that's how I think of it now like in retrospect um but I guess while you're making it where you're trying to like get across what you guys want to do for the studio does that take some of the pressure away or did you feel that even making that that we have to bring it back in exactly the right way It it was a lot of pressure I think it was also a kind of tonal pressure um and I I, I look at the end of the day I, I like I personally like I like pressure. I actually want to um I want to take accountability, you know? Like I yeah. I I don't like it when when filmmakers go I do one for them, I do one for me. And it's like, well, god, that would suck if you're doing one for them because what are you doing, you know? And I I feel like it doesn't matter if I'm doing a pilot or a indie movie. Like it should all I should always go all in and fight for the fight, you know? And so that was, you know, again, I talked to again Paul, Michelle, Jordana, and and Vin and we talked a lot about you know the state of Fast and Furious you know and and I, I said look I I just came off Tokyo Drift we were really trying to reestablish our our relationship with the the people who love cars you know that was something that was it was damaged when I you know when I talked to car people and I really wanted to do that and honor them their passion you know and let's continue to do that and so you know we made a commitment that you know no matter what you know people can laugh at us they could do whatever they want but we're going to take this seriously so it was a very tonal uh, a, a conscious tonal effort to say you know what we're going to rebuild this 
um, we're not going to be reactive, but let's really kind of um, shift this. But, uh, but, but at the same time, let's really kind of honor what, what people love about these characters, about this world. And, and again, this is the seed that we're going to plant. Was it, you know, so obviously you do Tokyo Drift and then I know at the end you guys bring back, you know, Vin as Dom for that little like teaser, which I still remember in the theater. You're like, holy crap. Like, I, you know, you're like kind of minds blown in the theater when, uh, you know, when Sean drives up and, and sees Dom across yeah. from him. And you said you were kind of, you know, resistant, obviously, to then doing another fast film. But w when it was brought to you or when you guys were talking about it, was always was it always going to be a full reunion of the original cast? You know, I know I feel like recently there was talk that maybe I saw some Twitter thread recently from like that was making the rounds from like a, a former Universal exec that was like saying that maybe the originally there was like a kind of Dom and Letty more central story. Or what's 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 the on your end? What's really what happened there? First, first of all, I, I love that with success. Like, there's just all these different narratives out there, you know? <laughs> yeah. and like, I, I, I will, I will, like, people will tell me about, like, oh, yeah, so-and-so said this, or, or, and I'm like, I was there, you yeah. know? Like, so I know what you. happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so I was in that room. I mean, unless they're hiding, you know, in the walls or something, like, <laughs> I, I don't understand. But, but I, I, you know, it was very clear to me, and again, you know, I, I know I've, I've shared the story before. I think when I first would, met with Vin, it wasn't like, hey, let's go make more movies. It was actually just connecting on the mythology and the connection between the characters. And so that when we finally, um, you know, when, when I, when I, you know, when they first approached me, I was like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if I want to do it. I think it was more just like the state of mind. Like I, I had come from the uh, uh, indie world and I just had this desire to say, hey, I, I want to try that. And, um, but in, in many ways, Fast Forward became the big indie movie, you know, and and it was it, even after saying yes, I hadn't met Paul. So I, I went and sat down with Paul and we connected within like instant instantly, you know, and it was it was great. And obviously, I've worked with Jordana before and Michelle and I, I, I felt like there was a connection and it just felt very organic. And it was never um, there was never a talk of like, well, let's just do this or that. Um, it was again. It it was more about like well how are we gonna do it let's not let's not do it in a way where it just feels like oh you know there's an opportunity and let's just go and make another one let's really have a reason for for it being you know and I again like kind of going back to me like I I wanted to I look back now and it's it's this idea of accountability you know like I I, I don't I just want to make sure that like I, as a filmmaker as a director that if you like something great if you don't like something don't blame it on you know if you don't like a performance don't blame it on the actor blame it on me like that's what i wanted to do that's what we you know that that was something that i felt like there was going to be a culture shift behind the cameras too you know and so that's layers and layers uh, of things that that i think when i look at fast four it was you know it really again it, it's it's a lot of the kind of growing pains of learning evolution and trying to really develop that language even between us i i um i uh speaking of paul you said and uh it's, it's funny i have an oral history you know on the first movie coming out you know i was able to obviously to talk to vin michelle jordana everyone but then my colleague darren had all these unused Paul quotes from when he had talked to Paul for fast six. And it was incredible stuff. You know, I was just smiling, reading everything, but then somehow four came up 
And he legit, I, I read what he says. He's like, the fourth one, I flat out read it and I did not like it. I was like, I was like, we're a month for filming. I finally got the script. I'm like, oh, I don't, what? Oh, crap. But then he's like, Justin made it better. Like, he's like, you know, so what? Do you remember kind of Paul having any hesitation there? And like, what in your mind, you know, were the conversations like, and what did you go do to be like, all right, we're going to go in this direction and improve here? Uh, he, he was being very kind. I don't think there was actually a script what he read. <laughs> I mean, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm honest. Yeah. There was a strike. There was a strike. Oh, okay, and, yeah, I, you yeah. know, I didn't want to, I did not want to like uh, overstep. So it was, for a young filmmaker, it was really tough. Right, it's showing up, and I'm, I'm I have a hundred people in the same room saying, "Hey, there's no script, but here's what we're gonna do." And trying <laughs> to prep a movie with no, like text, it was it was tough, and and it was one of those things where we had to build our trust and process of of making the movie. And you know, I, I know I used this analogy before, uh, and and you know, pun intended, I guess it's like we, we literally are building the road as we're driving on it, you know, and so. Um, it, it, yeah, I, I actually agree with Paul. I, I don't think it was a straight shot. I think, you know, when I look back now, the miracle of four is the fact that we were able to, on, on, to, to be able to put a cohesive story. I mean, it was, it, it, it became this, um, you know, it, and now I feel like with maybe with age and, and maturity, it's something that like, I always like to prep, prep, prep so I can be spontaneous. But in four, you were like, you, you had to be spontaneous because there was nothing else. So it was a lot of kind of going by your gut and, and also just trying to uh, uh, figure out how to make these movies because, you know, you're always trying to put the money on screen. So you're trying to be efficient. And so how do you develop that language? And I think, you know, when the crew is that big and you got multiple units and stuff, um, it, I always feel like as a filmmaker, there's like a buffet of, of, of things you can do and there's no right and there's no wrong. And four for me was was really this um, test of like, okay, how do I develop this language? And you know, it's not like I'm going to film school and I come back and make a movie. I go to film school <laughs> and come back. I like I, what I'm learning. You guys are experiencing, you know. So I'm like, I'm learning in like public life, and you, right. can, you know, maybe 20 years from now, or even now, you look at my films and you can say, oh, okay, maybe he learned this and he grew. And and so I, I like to. I know that like usually in, in premieres when I'm sitting there, I already have the list of stuff that I'm going to get better at, you know? And so like, that's, a, that's my approach. So, um, but yeah, I, I think Paul, <laughs> Paul was being very generous because I, I think to this day, I don't think there's even a, a full script for, for four, you know, oh, wow. uh, but it, it was, it was one of those things where it, we, you know, it, it, it was really tough, but it, it ultimately, I think the, the strike, uh, it got lifted just in time and it was you know it, it was just trying to get all that so i think it, there was a lot of trust from him and from all the cast because i think when they signed on uh i think there was like not even like i think there was like maybe just an outline or treat you know it, it was it was pretty bare wow and by the time the movie came out though like paul i went back and watched like junket interviews and he was excited he was like it turned into something i'm really loving and except with one exception which is that he had really hoped that you guys could figure out how to bring tyrese's roman into four um and obviously it ends up happening in five but i read an interview from you like where you said that at one point it seemed like you guys got really close to at least filming one scene with roman what was that scene <laughs> Oh, you guys are getting me in trouble. Uh, did I even say that? Did I even, oh my goodness. Um, um, oh, it's it's classic Tyrese. It's classic Tyrese. It's it's one of those things where I I, I call Tyrese. And I'm like, hey, you know, like we're gonna do this. I'm letting you know. 
but you gotta like keep it under wraps. And of course, I think he was at a red carpet and he just like blurted out. Like, <laughs> oh my god! I love him. He, he's he, you know we're like brothers, and um, it all it all ultimately worked out for the best, you know. But uh, but but there was I I was already thinking about like you know peppering in some of the you know the the characters you know because I I think it, it's again it's kind of spirit of of, of Tokyo Drift at the end, mm-hmm. and I wanted to kind of continue that. I mean, you you sticking with the you know who isn't or isn't in the movie. Like, what went in the decision to kill Letty or kill Letty quote quote unquote uh, so early in the fourth film? Was it always the plan that she'd eventually come back or like because if there were, we talked to Michelle and she definitely she didn't know anything or she's a good she's a good uh, bluffer at this <laughs> point because she said she remembers getting the call. Uh, like from Vin, like after, or she walked out of the theater of Fast Five and, and saw the end credits. It was like, wait, what's going on? So, so <laughs> yeah. what were those conversations like with with the fate of Letty here in the fourth one? It, I, I could tell you that you know, um, it, it it was for real. It was for real. I I think that we're again, you know, I'm sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna detour a little bit because I I, I get these questions of like, what order should we watch Fast movies, right? And yeah. I used to think that, well, maybe you should watch it chronologically. Then my son, who is, you know, he's 11, so he was kind of getting into the, the franchise. And we did that, and I thought, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. I think you have to watch it in, you know, one, two, Tokyo Drift, four. And, and that's the way to experience it because that's part of kind of our growth because there was a very, like, sincere effort. And it was not like, let's kill Letty. That that was not the the essence of why we did it. It was this idea of like, you know, sometimes people just expect certain things when it comes to sequels and stuff. What can we do? Especially, I think when you look at the timeline of like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, what can we do that is for real, that we can like we can own? And so, you know, so when I look at Fast and Furious, I think a lot of it is it's kind of this earned universe. And that that we're also developing the language as we're growing, you know. And so um, it it was a it was a ballsy move. I I remember we made that commitment, and then um you know we started shooting the land train, and that was my first time working with Michelle. And I'm like, oh man, I love working with her, and we're gonna kill her. And I'm, like, I'm responsible for that, you know. And so it was very I was I was torn, you know. Um, even shooting it, I was just like, God. You know, it it was the, you know, it felt like it was the right call for the movie. But then at the same time, I'm like beating myself up going, oh, man, I love her so much. Like, she is just so great to work with, you know. So at one point did the seed, like you started planting the seeds in four for what could be future movies. But at one point, did you realize like five is the time to finally bring all of these characters together? Yeah, if you look at if you look at four, um, you know, and and, and I, I, I felt like that was the right ending, you mm-hmm. know? It, it felt like that was going to take us into something else. Um, but, you know, again, like, I, I, I've never I've never sit there and expect a sequel, you know? Like, again, we weren't, we weren't sure what the opening of 4 was going to be or if we're going to be able to earn it. So um, it was kind of interesting because, you know, again, the, the projections and stuff, I don't really get into that too much, mm-hmm. you know? But you're around executives and they start talking and i just remember they're like 
is it 27 million for the weekend? And and then and they're like, we'd be happy with 35. And then like at some point, like the, the, the Thursdays were going up and it was like 50 and then it went up to, I think 70 or something like that. Yeah. I don't even know the numbers, but I just remember it kept going up. So it was one of those things where um, after opening weekend, the studio was like, yeah, let's go. And then, but then creatively, <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh, this is really great. We earned it. But then it was also kind of built. So it was like, again, it was, it, 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 I love it when, when, when these moments are kind of like, it, they all kind of converge. And, and, and it was one of those, I, I, again, I'll give you another great um, story. You know, I, I didn't know the opening weekend. And I remember um, Jordana, she's so sweet. Like she, you know, opening weekend, she sent me um, a bottle of milk and cookies. It just showed up on my door and I was like, great. I, have, I haven't drank milk. You know, I'm like lactose intolerant. You know, I'm drinking milk since I was like a kid, you know, but I, I remember um, that night, like, you know, I just conked out and I woke up and all the lights were on. It was like three, four a.m. and I'm just starving. So I'm like, God, milk and cookies sound so good. <laughs> so I got this big glass of milk. I'm eating the cookie and I go on my Internet and this is like four in the morning. And my email, it was like. Everyone, congratulations. I'm like, what's happening? Wow. And I looked it up and I was like, oh, wow. So it's this great moment. But I'm by myself. I still remember, you know, it's like magic hour. The sun is about to just about to come up. And this great like moment, just like looking at it going, holy crap. Like we really connected. And this is this is something that like, you know, I look back now, like such a great moment. Yeah. I remember going opening weekend. I think it was even like opening night. And there was just like an energy that I wasn't prepared for. And we were talking to Vin and he was like, he's, you know, obviously he skipped too fast. Right. Like, and then he comes back and he said, he said, he told the studio while you guys are making four. He's like, you know, you'd save a lot of money if we did four and five back to back. And he's like, he's like, they almost kicked me off the lot. You know, and he's like, he's like, that was kind of insane. So like, oh, it's kind man. of crazy. I, I, I love him, but he's always a dreamer. It's like, you, every time you think you're ready, he's like, yeah, let's do 10 in a row or whatever. And you're like, wait, what? What are you talking about? I'm trying to make one movie. What, uh, we, we, you talked about it like up at the top, which maybe it was the reason you, you decided to, to do this fourth movie is you bring Han back at the beginning of Fast Forward, upending, you know, the whole timeline. What, what were those conversations like? You walk into, you know, you're like, all right, I'm in. And you walk into like Universal and you're like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go backwards and revive this character um, where, where you kind of lose. Everyone's like, okay, sure, let's do it. Or were the, what were those conversations like? No, 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 no. no, no, no. <laughs> Too easy. It, 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 it was... um. I mean, look, I, I always, I always enjoy like great discourse, you know, like I, I, I think sometimes you get this kind of sense that it's like filmmaker versus the studio and studio is evil, you know? And I don't know it's maybe it's like my way in was, was kind of through indie movies. So like, I, I've always felt like, you know, when we're, whenever we have impasse, I've always had these great like partners where I, I felt like we had great discussions and ultimately like there was a trust for the filmmaker. I think, you know, like I wouldn't be doing my fifth fast movie. if It was any different. Right. And, but I also felt like it was something that, again, we earned this relationship and off of Tokyo drift, there was like, I think there was already kind of this built, um, uh, uh, process. And, but, but the Han thing was not like an easy thing. You know, I, it, I, it went all the way. We've had discussions and there was definitely a, a big concern that like people are going to be confused. You know, and my argument was that, you know, at that point with the Fast franchise, 
I think anybody talking about anything about fast is always a positive, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't, you know, I, I, I'll be honest, I think doing a fast without, you know, Dom or, or Brian, you know, or Letty or Mia, that was like, you know, people were like, Oh, are you the orphan child of fast? You know? And that was the, that was kind of the, 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 the reality of Tokyo Drift, you know? And so to be able to kind of bring Dom and kind of connect it and say, no, 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 we, we, we all exist in this world, in this universe, that was important, you know? And so, um, I, I, I remember going back and it was never, look, things shouldn't be easy in life. Like it, it, it should be hard. And that, I knew that was going to be the thing that, that went, that fight went all the way to the very end where, you know, I said, look, this is about the mythology of fast. Like we're developing this language and I, I, I want to respect the viewers. I believe that they're definitely intelligent and the sophisticated enough that when we do this, they're going to figure it out, you know? And, and sure enough, you know, uh, the movie came out it was not a issue at all you know but it but i think there was serious concern and it was down to the very last moment um and and it was a fight um but i i'd say fight not in a contentious way it was like serious concerns but it also made me like question and make sure that that is what i want you know it's interesting because it almost sounds like because of when it happened and before like social media was as big as it is they didn't know like how uh, how much fervor was in the fandom for a character like Khan and for all the movies as a whole. And then like, you're like, no, I, I saw it. I'm, I was at that Arby's. Like, trust us. I, you should have been at the Arby's. <laughs> yeah. You would have known. Yeah. No, no, no. That, that was, uh, it, it is, it is interesting because like, I, 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 I am so proud, but I also got, I'm like, am I the old man now in the room? Because yeah, back when the internet wasn't that big and social media was, you know, like, but, but it's true <laughs> right. though. Like you, it was not, it's a small sample size back then you know mm -hmm. and it was like talking into people in small rooms and like there wasn't a connection that there is today um but i again i i was it, i go back to you know i keep talking about this like conversation i had with vin by his pool uh you know when we first met and it was just this idea of trying to really respect whatever mythology and relationship we're, we're building and i felt like that was one that was worth taking and and to be honest i also felt like it was appropriate because you know, Tokyo Drift was always meant to be time. Like our our goal was to make it timeless, so that you know it, it because it was a postmodern take on 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 that on that genre, and and it's funny looking back now because I remember people were like, "God, you can't record video live on your phone," you know, and like, yeah, well, yeah, they're flip phones, but yeah, you can you can do it, you can do it now, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I mean. It's funny. Han shows up at the beginning of Fast Four, and then he's like, "Oh, he's like, I'm gonna go like I heard they're doing some crazy stuff in Tokyo." So then we're like, "Oh, okay, I guess he's going up to Tokyo, and that Tokyo drift's gonna play out." Finally, had a good run. Time for you to go do your own thing. Heard they're doing some crazy shit in Tokyo. As you're doing that, as you're shooting that, is that were you viewing it as just a one-off, or were you did you no. know that like okay we're gonna keep going and he'll get to Tokyo eventually, as he says at the end of Fast Five? Yeah, no, it, it was always like a little nod uh, that, but then I joke with Sung, I'm like, you know, when you get to Tokyo, you're gonna die, right? <laughs> so, like, so, so Sung is always like, oh, let's just, let's just do the nod and let's uh, let's keep going, <laughs> put it off for a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've got to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. 
Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Now that we're gassed up, let's drive back into the interview. Uh, obviously in connection with Han, another character that we're introduced to uh, in four that he doesn't meet her is Giselle, um, who of course becomes really important uh, through the next few movies. And at the time, Gal Gadot was pretty new. Like this is her, I think, feature debut and so as you are bringing that character in like what was that there was it immediately like oh we have to find a way to bring this character back or did you kind of already know that you wanted that Giselle character to evolve well uh, first I think you know again I I give Universal so much credit because it started for me was um on Tokyo Drift I I said hey let's do color blind casting and I remember back then they're like why like why, why would, you know, like, it wasn't like anything, I don't think it was like people trying to be ignorant. It was just like very pragmatic, like, well, this is the way things are done. And I, right. just, I just, I just felt like, well, it would be great because I just came in from the indie world where I felt like, you know what, there's, there's a lot of very talented people who aren't getting the opportunity. So like, wouldn't it make sense if we just put the net wider and that we, mm-hmm. then, then we have the potential meeting some great people that can come and join us. And so they, to their credit, the, the Tokyo Drift uh, uh, experience was great because they just opened it up. And it, 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 it actually, like, I learned a lot because I also learned that some people who were talented weren't prepared, you know, and I would pull them aside and say, hey, man, if you're coming for a lead, you better be off book. You cannot be just mm-hmm. be reading off pages still, you know, things like that. And it was like, I love it. Those are the little side stories that I love. And so when we did, um, uh, you know, the, the, the Giselle character, same thing. We did the we did we did a worldwide like search. And I still remember Gal sent in her her audition tape. I can still remember the lamp behind her. She did it in her living room, you know? <laughs> and there was just something about her and you know, she she was like I think she was the final 5 and we flew in five, you know, actresses from around the world to do a screen test with with Vin and you know, Obviously, when that's happening, you know, there's a lot of politicking. There's a lot of, you know, people trying to put their, you know, uh, uh, put put their relationships at work, you know. And and I just remember, like, there were there were like other candidates who were really good, but it was like they come with their posse, and you know, they're you know, they had a whole team, and it was it was it was just amazing to see kind of how Hollywood at work. But Gal just came by herself. And she just like nailed. And I just remember sitting there going, God, I'm so like, I'm so happy. The process like resulted in us yeah. meeting her and he was just fearless. And there's just something about her. And so, um, and even like, you know, I, when I was talking to her, she was in the military and, and just the way she handled herself, but also like the guns. And I was like, God, you can't, there's just something that was so powerful and, and, and awesome. And so it was, it was a great, it was a great way to kind of meet her. You know, because we mm-hmm. started the process and the process yielded in that relationship. So, yeah, I mean, 
when we're going to five, I'm like, yeah, we're, we're bringing her back for sure. You know, so <laughs> what was the obviously there's a lot of uh, sparks between Dom and Giselle in that fourth movie. And like there's a, it's great chemistry, like because you know when they're in that, you know, they go down to the garage during that party and they kind of have the little, you know, uh, I can appreciate, you know, the yeah, good yeah, body, yeah. you know, kind of yeah. you know, talk. Something interesting about this car? Just admiring the bodywork. Are you one of those boys who prefers cars to women? I'm one of those boys that appreciates a fine body regardless of the make. So then what was the evolution like then moving forward? You're like, actually, like, we're going to pivot away from this little uh, dynamic and alter it and then send her character in the direction of Han. Well, it wasn't a, it wasn't as much of a, a, a pivot, you know, I, it, it always felt like. Um, and I think you will see in fact, I mean, in Fast 9 too, there's there's a lot of interactions with. With, with Dom that when I think when I'm working with Vin and, and like when we're working the scenes out, like when, when you feel like there's like a spark or an energy, like you lean towards it. And it, it's nothing like it's not even a conscious thing. And I, I wouldn't even say it's like a sexualized or anything like that. You know, I think when there's an when, like when we're lucky enough to be able to put up a scene and there's a there's an energy, uh, you kind of lean into it. And I, I think for for that for me that moment was really about like two alphas kind of testing each other, you know. And yeah. and obviously like you can feel the attraction. So so it it was never it was always like you know, like I always say that like these big stunts are great. It takes like a year to plan, you know, to try to get it. But the scariest things is when you're on set and you're just trying to find the chemistry. And I, 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 you know, I, I was shooting downtown LA and, um, you know, it was just something really amazing on that day because, you know, Gao showed up, Vin came in and we actually were on set with the car, you know, and it just, it felt like it, it, it there was something that was like really brewing between the two characters that, that I love because it, 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 it just, it went beyond the text. It went beyond even that moment. And it was about like their past, individual past and how it converges and it ultimately is going to yield something more. And so it was more that. So it was never like um, love interest, this or that. You know, obviously, Dom was on a pretty dark uh, uh, journey on mm -hmm. the film. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there was a it was like um, it was like two like creatures that, that were, had very similar energy that we wanted to capture. Yeah. I feel like in general, in the fast franchise like there's there could be an opportunity like in an alternate universe where both dom and brian are a little more like james bondy and there's like the fast girl but that never really happens in any of the movies like obviously they have you know uh brian um has like the relationship with monica in two and then there is uh elsa bataki's character in five that dom sort of goes off with for a little bit but for the most part there's a like a thread of loyalty running through the romance like uh brian and mia ended up back together is that kind of what's always at the forefront for you guys like is it intentional not to sort of to separate fast from a more traditional sort of or more typical what we're used to seeing action franchise when it comes to how men and women interact it I I think that we never really have like meetings about it, you know, like I, I, I just say personally, I think even when going all the way back to, to like Better Like Tomorrow, you know, I, I always kind of enjoy, you know, really like meeting the actors, talking to them about the character 
and and I think that's something that like Vin and I we we enjoy and and that's that's like spread through every character you know and like like Shea Wiggum you know I, I could sit there talking about Stasiak for you know for hours <laughs> right. and you, and now it's become years you know and and I enjoy that but but sometimes on screen time it's only like five minutes or something like that but I I enjoy just like talking to him about like you know what's happening with his career you know and and things. And so it, it, it's it's like that for every character, whether it, it, to me, it doesn't matter if it's like, you know, uh, uh, they're on for a couple scenes like Michael Rooker on, on F9. Like I had some of the best conversations with him about his character. And obviously he's actually part of the, the universe and he, he's existed for a long time. But when you watch a film, he's only in a couple scenes. So I, I think that's mm-hmm. not like foreign. That's something that I've always enjoyed doing. And so I think that naturally leads into the development, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 and like the one thing that I learned from like Dan Harmon and, and everybody uh, doing community is that, you know, you, you should never be arrogant to think that, you know, it all. And if there's a, there's something good, like work it. And if you can organically work it in, it's to your advantage in storytelling, you know? And so um, I, I'm just proud that it, it's not even about like male, female, I was just really proud to work with talented people and trying to like fight for their real estate, fight for their emotional real estate, you know? And I think that always yields in something more interesting, you know? And so mm-hmm. it, it, it was part of our process, but we never sat down and said, here's what we're going to do. I think we did, you know, the one thing I did talk to Vin about was this commitment of like, let's not do the same thing over and over, you know? I, I, and I think, again, I give the studio so much credit because you know, it's like usually when you're successful, people tend to become very conservative and they're like, oh, it worked on yeah. this movie. So let's do the same thing again. And so for, you know, for us to go in there and go, oh, yeah, we're, we, yeah, that, we, that did really well. Now we're going to try something brand new. I, I think that usually, you know, you probably get like a little bit of like, OK, OK, like we we we, we trust you, you know, like, you know, like I, I remember the the vault sequence in five at one point it was the opening of Fast Five. It, it was it was actually going to be uh, it was going to be in Bolivia. And uh, so imagine, you know, like they're like, wait, they're dragging a vault out of the. the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it but it was that's an example of like, well, we don't want to rest like we want to take the essence of what we love. But like, how can we evolve this and how can we, you know, and then also like Mia's pregnancy, you know, and mm-hmm. it was something that like, you know, you don't see in James Bond, you know, because as we get you know, older, and I think a lot of that is also influenced by us behind the camera. As we were kind of growing, you know, it inspired us to say, well, I think, you know, it, it would be great. Like, there was a connection between Mia and Brian, and it, the family literally growing. Um, it, it's something, you know, I hadn't seen, and I was very proud of that, like, you know, we're going to do this big action movie, yeah. but, you know, there's going to be babies involved. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I mean, there's definitely a few scenes I, I wanted to specifically ask about. And you saying that Fast Five was originally going to open with the safe scene makes me immediately go to the opening of this movie, which you kind of talked about a little bit with the with the trailer tease of it, um, that it was such an adrenaline rush, like that that hijacking scene. You're sitting there in the theater um, and it felt like it felt like a callback a bit to the first movie, too. Right. Like they're, you know, them hijacking, you know, trucks. Obviously, they've gone up a level uh, versus the DVD players. But uh, <laughs> what did what did you love about just coming out swinging with, with with something like that? Yeah, exactly. I think that was like it was a statement, you know, a tonal shift 
and, you know, and then, but uh, tonal shift, but it's also, like you said, it, it's within the spirit of Fast and Furious, you know, and I, I, you know, we talked a lot about the, the Dom and Letty stealing gas, but not for monetary gain, you know, it was yeah. for, you know, and so it was a, it was a, it was a thing that like, I felt like, you know, can we design something you know, with with character in mind and trying to like re again redefine our language and how we're gonna like share with the with the audience. Where you know, I think a lot of times when you do these action scenes, you just you know the natural thing is you do cover a lot and trying to find subjectivity in big action scenes. It, it takes a lot of planning and and conversations and and also just you know. And there's something that I enjoy in the filmmakers that I, I love kind of growing up. So I w that was the attempt is that, you know, we could have this big scope action sequence. But ultimately, you know, it's about the connection between Dom and Letty at that moment. And I always say that, you know, mm -hmm. I'm a big sports fan and I could tell you I'm the best basketball player in the world. But you go on the court with me when five seconds, you're going to know, you're going to know very quickly how good I am. And I always think that is our, that's our check-in with our characters, right? You know, the, all the subtext, you know, all the, you know, all the subtext kind of, it's who they are at that moment. The action should like really get, let us check in on, on the state of these characters. And so that was, that was a very conscious effort to say, Hey, can we, you know, like, can we almost like create a subjective, film in this one sequence between these two characters and you get a lot of emotion from them, like how much they trust each other still and everything like that like it sets up a whole lot of indicators for how the rest of the movie goes too which ends up being about uh not specifically always dom and letty but like brian having to rebuild his trust with dom and mia and this i think is the only movie where we really see Dom and Brian kind of go head to head in sort of a fist fight way. Like not that Brian's fighting Dom back, but <laughs> did you guys have conversations about like that? Like were they ever, where is it ever like, how far do we take a scene like this between these two people who are supposed to be like the core of moving the action forward in these films? Or is it all about emotion here? Like how did you guys sort of craft that reunion? It, it, it was, it was a very conscious effort, you know, I, I, again, it, you know, it wasn't about like, Oh, they're, they're buddy buddies, you know, right away because, you know, I remember talking to Paul and, and his character was lost, you know, I mean, he, mm -hmm. you know, the rooftop chase, that was another one. You know, I think a lot of times you you think about like I think back now and it's just so funny because, you know, state of fast is always kind of evolving. You know, I mean, favela chase in five. It was one of those things where <laughs> the, we didn't have, there was no budget for it. And we, I was told, like, you know, that you can't shoot it because we don't have the money. And I, I just remember going. And, and figuring out that you know how much money do we have and it was a day and a half's worth and um you know i, I looked at my ad i said we're going to shoot this in a day and a half and he's like it's a six-day sequence you know and i said no we're going to do it and if you look at the film <laughs> we did it we actually literally we used the same real estate and we just rotated it it was like all the indie mm. tricks but it, it was great <laughs> right? yeah that was the first two weeks of shoot and it, it really set a tone for the crew and for the cast that we're going to just do it. It doesn't matter. And, and obviously like we've earned a lot more real estate now in, in, in what we can do. And so like when I remember talking to Paul for, for the, the rooftop chase, it was a recklessness, the state of Brian at that point, like he was a lost soul, you know, and that, that's what we were trying to get across. Like um, him tackling the guy, you know, onto a car without knowing what's in there. Uh, I don't know shit. Give me a name. I don't know shit, man. Give me a name. David Park! David Park's the guy you want! Please! 
complaints keep rolling in after your little downtown Olympics, O'Connor. Tell me that reinstating you wasn't a mistake. It's like all these things were kind of built yeah. into. So when you check in with them, uh, that's where they are. And that ultimately it's going to converge with Dom. And it's not it's not a hug. You know, I'm glad to see you They're, They both mm -hmm. have like very clear um, goals. That's going to that's going to come. You know, it's going to conflict with each other, and then they're going to have to work that out. When you're talking about going back to Paul reading, you know, the the document before, that was not there because that chase was not there, and I just I was I was scouting trying to figure all this out, and and so it was it was it was definitely like in my head that's what we were going to do, um, mm -hmm. but but that's what I enjoy, and it was just you know again not take anything for granted. We don't take the action for granted, and it's also become this kind of part of my process where a lot of times people are like. Well, it takes a lot of time to, you know, um, design the action. Why don't you start designing the action before there's a script? I'm like, well, I, I, I can't really do that because I, I need to get to know the characters before we. So it, it's always like that struggle of making sure that we understand our chapter and where the character is, so I can really kind of work on the action. There, there's one. You know, I've seen all these movies double digit, you know, twenty, thirty times. <laughs> I like, I, I'll admit it. I, I no lie. Uh, but you know, I still wanted to rewatch all of them ahead of you know our interviews for for these. So I'm rewatching Fast Four, and there's a line of dialogue that now I literally jumped out of my seat hearing back now in new context after what we know is to come with F9, and it's you know Brian and and Dom are about to go off to Mexico to get Braga. And uh, Mia goes up to Dom and says, how do you say goodbye to your only brother? Which, I, again, rewatching this last time, I jumped out of my seat and I like rewound it. Um, so now we know there's another Toretto brother coming. So what do you have to say for yourself with, with this line of dialogue in, in F4? I, I can say that um, it, it, we, it, everything's going to be accounted for. I, I think not, I would say not even f9 but i think in the expansion of kind of how we tell these stories you know um and that I'm, I'm glad you caught that line and i'm sure you're keeping me accountable which is great you know but, but we're gonna earn that line i promise you oh we can't wait uh, i'm excited yeah we uh wrapping up we want to go into what we're calling the final lap where we ask some more kind of fun you know general questions about the whole franchise so first up i don't know you're you're the person involved with, with some of these things so maybe you don't want to give away your answer but We've been asking people if they could pick one actor to join the Fast Universe, who they would want. So do you have a dream person? Like I said, maybe maybe we put out in the world and that helps oh, make it happen. Oh, bring back the Golden Betty, Girls. Oh, there oh, we go. Yes. There we go. <laughs> Betty, Betty White. White. <laughs> Betty White. That would be iconic. I, that would be a dream. <laughs> the, the remaining Golden Girls. Yeah, that would be awesome. Oh, my God. That's, that's too good. I, I, I was going to ask. You brought up Stasiak and I was going to, we've been usually doing like a, where are they now segment? Like, I think, you know, we talked to Lucas and we're like, Hey, where's, where's Neela at? What do you think she's up to? Mm -hmm. But for you, instead of doing that, I actually wanted to be like, what do you have against Shea Wiggum? You, you, you put this guy, <laughs> you beat the crap out of him anytime he pops up. So what do you personally have against Shea Wiggum? Who? Shea Wiggum. We should all say for anybody who doesn't know. He's popped up in like every good movie or television show of the last decade. Like he's like oh, maybe like the best yeah. character actor out there. He's so good, and I love that he's so in these good. movies. But, but so I don't know, what do you what do you enjoy about just kind of putting him through hell? I mean, maybe maybe that says something about me that like the more I love you, the more I want to hurt you because you know the, not only does he get beat up on screen, he was the uh, creature in the beginning of Star Trek Beyond. He's the oh, little yeah. creature. Hey. That was him. And I remember he he flew into Vancouver and we were shooting and 
by the end of the day, because they were doing motion capture and, and everything, it was the most grueling thing I, I, I've ever seen an actor go through to try to bring that performance. And, uh, but I, I, I love what I love about it, he's game for anything, you know? And, uh, I, I remember it was so great because, you know, when he, when he came on set for, uh, for, for F9, it was, again, it was just great to see him. But then we had to make sure the nose was, was right, you know? And so we had like, <laughs> <laughs> two-hour conversation about how to design the nose and so it was it was great because I, I i feel like that's part of the legacy of what we created goes all the way down to stasiak's nose right <laughs> yeah and it's like a fun easter egg i think for every time we see him to see like oh here's the scars he's he's been more beat up and he's still trying to heal <laughs> yes. If there's a character, it could be a side character, maybe like uh, Stasiak, where if you could do a spinoff or something, like who would it be? Even if it's just like a short, what would they be doing? Is Do you have thoughts like that about some of the smaller characters, like in between movies or anything like that? Uh, it's crazy. Like, it wouldn't be what you expect. But like, uh, you know, even with Vin, like, it's weird. Like, there was this character, Dwight, in 4. And like, he oh, just yeah. loves feet. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> we shot We shot for like two hours i had him sucking toes and all and mpa was like that's not pg-13 i'm like you can't suck toes for it's pg-13 um and it was like we just had this like really like funny like i just spent time working with dwight and his like love for toes and it was just like something that we just did and like we, we can do all this action and gunplay but like you cannot be sucking toes that that's no no oh my God. um but then i would be like talking to vin and like fast six or what and he would bring up dwight i'm like i'm not even thinking about dwight like i'm not thinking about dwight so like we, we do have love for all these characters if you ask me i feel like we could spin off any character to do anything i can spin off a character to do a youtube video you know so like i love it i love them all well, well as, as i told vin you know vin says he takes you know he listens to anybody so i requested eva mendez as monica fuentes back before we get to the end so that's uh you know if, if you have any ideas for for her uh get the get the ball rolling there but um we've, <laughs> we've we've talked around f9 a little bit but i will say when we chatted with Ludacris, he said he had not seen the film yet but he said that on two different occasions you looked him dead in his eye and said that f9 is the best film in the entire franchise which blew us away because he said he's like he's like justin's not someone to just like say something to say something he's like you know it's not like promoting a rap album you just say it's the best because you want it to sell so, I mean, now, would you like to make that same declaration right now that F9 will be the best of the entire franchise? Uh, in my gut, in my mind, yes. Like, I, I, I feel like, you know, look, it's always hard to compare. And like, because I also have the experience of like what happens behind cameras. And then, so like, you know, I sit there and sometimes like you overcome the weirdest things just to be able to like ultimately finish that movie that nobody else sees, you know? Um, but I, I do think that like F9 is a culmination of all our work through the years, you know, and I, I, I like to think that my next movie is always my best movie, you know, that's what I strive for. Um, but I, I also think that like on so many levels with character, it, it, it was great to reconnect with everybody. Um, yeah, I, 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 in my heart, I feel like that is the best F9 is the best film. Um, it, it's part of our evolution. Um, but that's until we do fast 10. Right. So, um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but I really do. I, I think that, you know, it, it was like, it, again, maybe it's me coming back, but you know, having everybody like 
they just know their character so well and, and being away never felt like I was away. And then to be able to come back, but also to get the butterfly in the stomach, you know, that to me is so important so that it's not like we're just doing what is expected. And we might be like on the cusp of, of like fiasco, but we're doing something. And that, that to me is, is, you know, and to be able to galvanize like thousands of people from around the world to bring this to life. Um, I, 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 there's no, there's no joke. I wouldn't say that like Chris is right, you know? Um, but I, I, I really truly believe that. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Fast 10 and we know we're getting two more, you know, films, which it seems like talking to Vin, you guys are kind of looking at as like, there's so much to do in one that it's just kind of one over two. But like, do you have like, is there a of one wish you have left for that you want to do before you wrap it up? Is there like maybe some place you want to go or some character you want to revisit? Is there, do you have like one thing in mind that you're like, okay, before we end this, I want to do this? Yes, there's more than one. Um... And it's funny too. I think Vin, when I go to Vin's, uh, he has this like wall, and it has like every character in the Fast universe, and it's like it's like one of those like uh, serial killer movies, right? And there's like I feel like there's like the red strings string. that are all like connecting everybody. And I would sit there and I'm like, wow, like this is really interesting, you know? Um, and so yeah, it, it like I said, it's 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 weird because. You know, I was just hanging out with them last week and and we were just kind of laughing about like, you know, when we we're talking about Fast 9, Fast 10, there's some things that like we talk about six years ago, eight years ago. And it's just like so like it seems so like just out there and somehow like that's found its way back and it's in Fast 9, you know, or it's going to be in Fast 10. And I think that is something that's like it's so rare because usually you do these movies and it's about pressure, right? Everything's pressure, money pressure, schedule pressure, everything. And to be able to have like partners where, you know, where I don't know what we're doing, but we're just, you know, we're hanging out and we're just having a good meal and we're just talking and know that like somehow it's going to float in the universe and it's going to come back to us. As I'm getting older, you know, I, 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 I think when you're a young filmmaker, you're like, uh, I gotta get this, I, and there's like this this need to wanna control, but the ultimate control is to be able to let things go and really find it organically. And so that that to me, when you ask these questions, um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, little things that like um, that I think there's a, even in nine there are little things that I've been thinking about, and that everyone could miss, but I could sit there and go, ah, I'm so glad it's there, you know, because I know I know it's there. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, well, Justin, thank you for joining us and, and becoming a part of the Binge family. We really appreciate you uh, taking us deep into Fast Four. Thank you. Guys, I mean, again, like, I, I thank you guys so much for all your passion, you know, and it was something that, like, when, when I started, none of this was there. So to, to be able to be sit here talking to you and, and to have this, like, community, it, it does, I, I can speak for everybody. It, it just means everything to us. Yeah, well, thank you for the gift of these films. We appreciate yeah. that always. We're excited every time. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Copper Dwight wants you to take off your shoes. Come on. Dwight likes feet. Take off your shoes. So beautiful. Dwight likes his foot a lot. Thank you again to Justin Lin, both for joining us and for making our lives so much better with all of these films that he's yeah. made. Uh, I wouldn't want to live in a world where Fast Five doesn't exist, so 
Props to you, Justin Lin. Uh, but as promised, Chanel and I are now going to hand out some Fast 4 hardware like we do on every episode. Chanel, what's our first category? As always, we got to choose who earned our respect. As Brian says in Fast 1, if I win, I take the money and the respect. To some people, that's more important. It's more important to us, so we got to figure out who we think earned it the most in Fast 4. I feel like there are a couple of obvious candidates. Probably the most obvious is Gal Gadot, but not the only one. So who are who are you thinking about for, for this movie, Derek? I, I think it's Gal Gadot with a close second to Dom's CSI skills, um, <laughs> yeah. which I don't know. When he shows up at the, the crash, he's like, tells Mia to take him to the Letty's crash site. He's just there looking like he should be in CSI Los Angeles. Uh, yeah. Just incredible. Just an incredible uh, rewatch every single time. He literally yeah. sees, somehow he, he licks the dirt essentially and, and sees <laughs> uh, how she died. So that's a close second for me. But no, I think it's Gal Gadot. You know, we talked, you, you mentioned it in the interview with Justin. She, this was her big screen debut. I think the same year, she also has like a small role in Entourage in one episode. But I feel like I've read interviews where she said she was like on the, verge of like quitting acting like it was mm-hmm. you know she just wasn't really getting these opportunities and then she gets cast in fast four you know and it slowly builds you know fast five yeah. fast six and then now she's one another stratus yeah now she's wondering <laughs> she's in another stratosphere one of the biggest stars in the world and the seeds were planted here and you know we're immediately uh, intrigued by her the minute she's on screen you can't like look away from her and then yeah. you know that the her back and forth with with uh with Vin throughout the movie is so great, and then obviously you know it pivots a bit you know moving forward, and then her and Sung Kang combine to have this incredible you know chemistry and dynamic with Han and Giselle. So yeah, I think it's Gal Gadot for sure. Yeah, and it sounds like from you know talking to Justin and other cast members that that she showed up and enchanted them in the same way. They were all like, oh, you know what? There is something really special here. So, and Fast Four is the first time that we as an audience get to see that, which is is pretty cool. So yeah, knocked it out of the park. All the respect <laughs> for Gal. <laughs> Next up, we've got the, hey, this guy is in the movie. And there's a lot of options again. Um, you know, I think we got what? Brandon T. Jackson, mm-hmm. you know, Tropic, who's in Tropic Thunder around the same time. We have a Laz Alonzo, who's, you know, Mother's Milk on the Boys now. John Ortiz as Braga. Uh, yeah. He's popped up a few other times, but John Ortiz is in a lot of great things. He pops up all the time, and I'm always happy. But we talked about him with Justin. I think it's got to be Shea Wiggum. Like, this guy's yeah. IMDb is insane. Like, if you just go through the last few years for him, I mean, he's got Mission Impossible 7 coming up, but he's been in Joker, Vice, uh, Sicario Dea the Sadaldo, uh, Kong Skung Island, uh, Star Trek Beyond, Wolf of Wall Street, American Hustle, Silver Linings Playbook. And that's not even mentioning all the TV shows he's been on. The guy's in everything and he shows up and gets his ass kicked every time in Fast and Furious. <laughs> right. So you got to respect him, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think both to be in the movies, but then also always manage to in such a short amount of time, like have some really memorable, like funny moment that when every time Stasiak shows up, the audience is like, oh, it's you again. (laughs) And we know something fun is about to happen. I think that's like the ultimate for sort of a recurring cameo is to be like, it's you and we're happy to see you also. That's a perfect combination. Yeah, absolutely. We're every single time we're like, hey, this guy. Um, so that's literally the, the title of the award right there. Uh, <laughs> right. Next up, uh, next up, we got which Oscar should Fast have been nominated for? And this one's maybe some people don't know about this one. But right. We're going best live action short film. Los Bandoleros. Yes. Which, if, are you a true fan? If you don't know what that is, Chanel, tell, tell them what Los Bandoleros is. 
It is the short film that Vin Diesel did that brings in Han and sort of just gives you a little more context for what's going on between like what we knew the crew was up to and what happens in Fast Four. It's like an amazing little nugget. It's obviously, of course, there's that prequel for before Too Fast, but this is like on a whole other level. It's got its own narrative and really, really leans in in a way that that one does not. That's more of like a music video montage of what Brian's doing. But Los Bandoleros really takes it to another level and you have to see it if you have not. Yeah, this has been flexing his, you know, filmmaker, you know, side of things. Mm -hmm. You know, that's how he started. We talked about in the first episode, he did multifacial, you know, this incredible short film that kind of got him noticed to begin with. And this one, he writes it, he directs it, he stars in it. He said, you know, Song Kang's in it, Michelle Rodriguez, it's connecting a lot of dots. And it's just a fun watch on its own. Like, again, I would recommend if you have not seen this, look it up on YouTube. It's out there. Um, and it's really a great companion piece to fast forward. So, um, yeah. so go check when, when you're done listening with us, go pull that up and, uh, and, and see the yeah. Oscar nominated short. It should have been <laughs> right. I feel like it's so unique too, for a franchise to have something like that. Uh, and it could have easily gotten recognized for it. I think. Yeah, totally. Uh, now we got biggest heat check. What, what do you think, Chanel? I mean, it's it's got to be Justin Lin. And now we know in conjunction with that, Justin and sort of Sung Kang at the same time in a car being like, mm, does Han have to be dead? <laughs> and just flipping it and convincing Universal that they knew what they were doing uh, by changing the timeline. Yeah, I said heat checks kind of like one of my favorite phrases. And I think this is like an ultimate heat check. Like Justin Lin's like, okay, I know you, I, you had to really convince me to do this movie, but now I'm in. But we're upending the whole timeline of these first three movies that <laughs> right. we did. And maybe possibly going to confuse people. Luckily, as Justin said, doesn't seem like that was the case. I mean, and it obviously worked out incredibly. And we got another heat check coming with F9 with the revival of Han. So just keeping yes. the heat checks going. We got it. We got to love it. We got to love it. <laughs> All right. So the next one, of course, how about the We Hungry Award? I feel like there are less instances of food in Fast Four, but but does anyone qualify to you? You're, you're totally right. And I wish people could be could be watching me do this. So if you're listening, there, but there's a scene where it's, uh, you know, Dom and Brian are at the club. They're both now, you know, drivers for Braga. And they're sitting there with uh, John Ortiz's character, who we met, who we eventually learned is, in fact, Braga. And they're kind of having a funny back and forth about, like, he's like, what's the, what's the beef here? And, you know, Vin's like, oh, he, you know, Dom's like, he used to date my sister. And then uh, Braga's like, you're lucky you're still alive. And then Vin, holding a corona, he does a little, like, he's got it right by his mouth. And he does a little, huh, like a little chuckle, a classic Dom Vin <laughs> chuckle, and then just like drops the beer back. And, and it's, it's iconic. It's a little moment that I love. And it's two seconds. You could, you could blink and you miss it. Do you know each other? He used to date my sister. I see. You're a lucky man. How's that? You're still breathing. Yeah, I know it's I know it's a beverage, but like I don't know, like you said, there's not as much food here, so I think it qualifies. Yeah, I think it absolutely does. And it's like one of those moments, too, that makes you, like they say, uh, so much of acting is reacting. Like, it's a perfect reaction on the delivery on it is like so great. There's not a real line there, but it's just a moment that's like, yes, such a nod to so much that's happened between these two characters already. <laughs> 
I like to think Vin was just like in the mirror practicing that, like just really like <laughs> thinking a lot about it. Um, that was not a mistake the way he drank that beer, but the job rule mistake of the week. I don't know. I, 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 as we said, there's a few ways we can go with a lot of these awards. What do you think? I think the two are either killing Letty off so quickly or not calling it fast for life, which I, I will go to my grave being like, yeah, I, I'm still mad that bad boys for life was the third movie. Like, what are you guys doing there? That, I'll go on, I could go on a whole rant on that. I'm like, you guys should have had the confidence that you were going to get a fourth movie that you could mm-hmm. call it Bad Boys for Life. So I think this should have been Fast for Life, but I don't know. Is it that or is it the the quick Letty death? Um, I I think they do kind of, it has to be kind of both, right? Because the qualifier, I would say that it's the Letty death, but I think them having it be so vague, like initially it happens off screen. We only see it in like Dom's sort of CSI Sherlock moment of what he thinks happened. But by them keeping that so vague, it allows them in six to go back and like reshape exactly what happened. So in a way, it ends up being a blessing because it gives them more freedom. But at the time, I was like, they, there's so much hype about everybody being back and they just kill my girl Lady up so <laughs> quick um, that it was it felt like a betrayal a little, a little too a little too fast then. <laughs> but I feel like less ire about it now. So I think kind of the the thing that still holds out is the title because it continues to confuse people. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Okay. Lastly, the way we end every show, we all know winning's winning. So who do we think was the ultimate winner of Fast Four? Well, I mean, of course, we already mentioned Gal Gadot. So some some love there. But honestly, I think we are going to agree on this one. Biggest winner, it's it's the audience. Like we got the franchise back. And then we showed up and surprised them, like you already said. And uh, Justin already said they were not sure exactly what it was going to do. The ex- expectations are really low. But the fandom turned out. And now we've got so many more movies because of it. And it's all because we went to the theater to see this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're totally right. We, you know, not, not not to award ourselves, but we kind of are. It's just like Fast Five was no guarantee. Fast Six, like w- us being here and talking mm-hmm. to all these people about these movies ahead of F9 sh- would not have happened without Fast Four. And like like we talked about, they didn't think it was going to do what it did. And that's mm-hmm. what allowed these movies to keep going. So not to pat ourselves on the back, but I will... Because we, we we won by getting these characters back, and then we won by making sure we were going to get more of them. So, case closed. Yeah. Um, I mean, Chanel, Chanel and I will accept this award for all of us, you know, and, and we're <laughs> yeah. going to go celebrate that victory now. So we've reached the finish line of today's episode. Thank you again to Justin. And like Brian O'Connor, we hope we earned your respect and that you keep listening to EW's binge of the Fast Saga when next week we're joined by Mia Toretto herself. Jordana Brewster, to to discuss the legendary Fast Five. As Tej would say, it's going to be an all-timer, so make sure you're there. In the meantime, please subscribe and listen along every week wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us, tell us what you think, share it with your friends and family. You can find us on Twitter at Derek J. Lawrence or me at Chanel Berlin. Also head to EW.com for complete coverage of the Fast Saga and full episode transcripts. This episode was hosted and produced by Derek Lawrence and Chanel Berlin Johnson, produced, edited, and mixed by Sammy Junio, and executive produced by Carly Usden and Shana Naomi Krokmal. Thanks for listening, and until next time, salute me podcast familia.